folks. Gavin Roth here with episode 17 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, where I sit with sponsorship marketing leaders to find out their story, their mentors, their insights, and personal and professional development advice. This episode's featured guest is Gord Hendren, founder and president of Charlton Insights, a leading research agency that specializes in sports and entertainment sponsorships and has worked with properties and teams that include the Olympics, MLSE, Toronto Blue Jays, and Tennis Canada, not to mention over 40 of the leading sponsors in the country, which all gives Gordon and his team a unique view of the sponsorship landscape. We recorded this episode the day after the Raptors won the NBA championship, and as a day one diehard fan of the Raps, I honestly still can't believe I just said those words. Gord was battling a cold, but pushed through, and like my raps, he certainly delivered the goods. Gord's mind is a treasure chest of insights and facts on demographics, psychographics, sponsor engagement, property fan avidity, and attitudes. Listen as he sprinkles interesting insights throughout our chat. In this episode, we talk about the Raptors championship and how it connected with both of us. In Gord's case, he was part of the initial John Bitov-led bid group and worked on the original feasibility study. He shares a powerful story about his first mentor, his dad. Gord shares tangible examples of how they help brands and properties maximize the effectiveness of their sponsorships through insights and attitudes. Terms like portfolio optimization, where they help brands assess what properties are best to align with. Segmentation studies, where they help properties like the COC bring prospective partners data-driven insights into their fans, which in turn improves their chances of winning new business. Sponsorship effectiveness studies. If you change attitude towards a brand, Gord says, you have a chance of changing the consumer behavior with that brand, and he shares an example of how that applies to the FI and auto categories. We also discuss trends such as naming rights deals, the escalation of media rights fees, and the fragmentation of media, the emergence of esports, and the rise in importance of three-way partnerships, brand, property, and cause, and examples like TELUS and anti-bullying, Sun Life and Diabetes, and Canadian Tire and Jumpstart. I also pick Gord's brain on how the performance of a team can impact fan attitudes towards those teams and towards sponsors of that team. Gord shares a great example using the Toronto Blue Jays. An outstanding personal and professional development advice, including a term I've never heard, psychic payback. And there's tons more. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. I'm sitting today with uh, Gord Henron, who is president, founder, and chief cook and bottle washer of Charlton Strategic Insights. Uh, thanks for sitting with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to be here with you. Thanks. Uh, so uh, for those who don't know, what, what is the date uh, today? We, we, we've, we've kind of gotten uh, so caught up in everything. It's the 14th. All right. So yesterday, uh, my... Uh, Toronto Raptors won the NBA title, so so my voice is a little bit raspy from uh, the the late night and the, the the screaming and 
Um, and that was just uh, in my living room with my daughter. I mean, I am just uh, over the moon, as I said to you before we started. I'm a day oneer, so it's a pretty neat day. It's beautiful outside here in Toronto, and just a great day to be, um, you know, out and about. And and uh, it sounds like you're also a, a big follower. Of, of well, the- absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm being in the business that we are in, so we do a lot of work in the sports industry. Yeah. Uh, so we follow many sports so I'd say I'm a fan of all of them uh, you know professionally but also personally so basketball has a particularly personal interest for me mm-hmm. uh, I, I worked on the original feasibility study with John Bitov wow back in the day and I just heard his name on the radio they were talking to Paul Jones and uh, asking who he thought of yesterday and and uh, and he, he said uh, he, sp- he thought of uh, people like John Bitov, so that was uh, very cool. Yes, it was cool. So I, I you know... Back in what, 90 or like... 94? That would have been, yeah, 90, because 95 they started, but that would have been before they started the feasibility study. Correct. Well, there were three bids bidding, and John's was kind of coming from behind. However, he'd uh, coordinated running the World Basketball Championships in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, so we put together a team, uh, he did, I was part of it, that took a real marketing approach to how to build the NBA's business in Canada and and essentially the Raptors as the key component of it. So it it was crazy though too, because it was, you know, on a very compressed timeline, it was very intense. Yeah. and we didn't think we were going to win because there was another bid that had CIBC and Labatt's and Richard Petty was yeah, leading that at that. the time. Yeah. And they were sort of the front runner, but uh, John won it to his credit. And amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. So yeah. I, my circle. my roots with the NBA and the Raptors go way back. Good for you. So, so you know, to yesterday, the, them winning the NBA, uh, you know, finals and title is, you're right, it's full circle, but... You know, it's the day that everybody lives for in the sports industry. Like, it's the day you live for as a fan. Yeah. It's the day you live for in the business. Yeah. Because it's the high watermark. You know, there's emotion, there's passion, yeah. it's fun, it's engaging, people are involved. Like, there's lots of bandwagon jumpers, but that's great. Mm. It's fantastic. I say, hey, I'll step us, I'll make room for you. You know, as a day one uh, fan, they are my favorite team in any sport um mm. you ride the highs and lows the emotions i'm now 50 but I, they make me feel like i did you know when i was a kid um when you had no perspective uh, so it's it's a thrill but we'll talk about one of the things i want to talk about with you is is how you see uh performance like that on the on the court on the field um translating for for partners of the team and sponsors of the team because uh, that's what i pay a lot of attention to is uh, I jokingly told told friends and, and family how Tangerine helped me through the, the 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 Raptors playoffs with their clever ads. You know, they really captured the essence of what a Raptor fan, the anxiety levels of a, of a Raptor fan, with their their meditation commercial breaks. Right? How clever! It it was really clever. Um, I have to say, I was involved in testing those. I didn't create them. Yes, that was uh, John Street, of course, their agency that yeah. did it. Uh, but when we tested it, that came out as the best 
Is that uh, right? ad uh, of of a group that we were testing, okay. and the, and as you see, they ran a Among number tangerines auctions. You're saying. correct, right? Correct. That, that that execution came out as their best. What was great about it was the fact that no other sponsor was doing it. Yes, so it was very unique. Yes, and it also was perceived by consumers to be. Well, you're not selling me anything. You're actually thinking about me. Yeah, there was no, trying to help no sell in the ad. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Good. And, and what we do find in, you know, and we've done a lot of work <clears throat> around events and Olympics and so on. In big events like this, um, having a product sell is a lot weaker proposition. Yeah. Having a brand sell that takes a very high road positioning. Yeah is the way to go. Yeah, well, it makes me think of what Tim's does whenever the Olympics are around, and they're not an Olympic sponsor, but they tap into the the Canadiana, right? With uh, with with very with no offer. It's not about, you know, dollar 99, um, you know, uh, donuts or, or timbits or whatever. It's about leveraging emotion. Correct. It's about leveraging values and connecting right. with people in an emotionally passionate way. I don't know if you've seen the latest thing that Tim's has done. Uh, with Nav, the super fan. Yes, my wife pulled that up for me. I think it's brilliant. It is. It's, it is. you know, he talks about being Indian. He talks about wearing a turban. He yeah. goes, you know, you may see me as Indian. You may see a turban. You may see a Raptors fan. You may see a Canadian. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. We're here because we love the Raptors and we, yeah. so... I mean, I haven't loved everything that Tim's has done lately. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's been a lot of, uh, yeah. of you know, um, turbulence in that business, but they have knocked it out of the park with that well, one. Well, Nav is having his moment, isn't he? He I is. Mean, he is. Uh, and, and, and I love the fact that he is that representative because mm -hmm. he is so quintessentially uh, Torontonian, yep. right? And, and representative of the city. It's not somebody in a suit. Um, it's it's somebody who is a visible minority, yeah. and I think a big part of the fan base of the Raptor fan base um, can relate. And uh, I think it's very it's very Toronto, as I say, like very multicultural. It's wonderful. It's one hundred percent correct. Um, Forty eight percent of people who are living in Toronto today were not born in Canada. There you go. I Wait, wasn't. Yeah. I was as born a in South Africa. Yeah. As a marketer, that's a stunning number. Yeah. That we percent. Yeah, forty-eight percent. Wow, incredible! Cool. All right, so so much to talk about, um, and I promise uh, my guests and my listeners will try. We try to keep these uh, to, to thirty to forty-five minutes. Uh, I, I get the sense I could easily uh, make it a three-hour episode with you. <laughs> um, I've wanted to chat with you for a while. Um, uh, I say that sincerely because I, uh, we, we go back, I've been in the sports mm -hmm. sponsorship space for years and, and you have obviously, I mean, you preceded me, but, um, I tell a lot of people that, um, Gordon Charlton touch so many different properties, brands, um, events, um, you know, if you want to figure out, uh, for those listening, if you want to know, is it working? Is, is my partnership working? Is my sponsorship working? Is my, what is my, what do consumers think of my brand and my property? <coughs> you go to people like, uh, like Gord Henron. So you've touched so much and I think you're a wonderful guest for this. So thanks uh, again. Um, so uh, maybe let's start with how did you break into the space? Like you're, you've had a, a long career in, in research and, and you've really found this 
home as I'm looking at a, a graphic there of all these leagues and teams and rights holders and events and sports. How did you get into that space? Well, uh, I was working with Chris Lang and Associates back in the day. So, um, you know, Chris, at that time, his, his agency was best in class. Yeah. And a leader, they still a leader, uh, but it was bigger in those days. Yeah. They were the agency, right? Correct. Then. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Um, and um, so worked on the Olympic torch, really, uh, with uh, Petro Canada. 88. And in 88. If you <laughs> yeah, can believe it. Okay, dating <laughs> Folks, there. Folks, we're not talking 2010 here. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So worked on that. And I, d- I did a lot of measurement, a lot of impact assessment uh, for that event, which was an incredible event. Mm-hmm. Another iconic Canadian one. And from that, um, I evolved into actually uh, I got pitched to go and work for uh, Decimal Research mm. by Alan Gregg who's a great guy really interesting mm. guy and he wanted to build a practice around sports and entertainment uh, research so uh, I went and did that mm. uh, and so I did that for five years I planned to do it for two but it turned out to be five mm-hmm. and then I left uh, Decima and then started Charlton Insights so you just started it. Uh, you had a, um, what a what what I love because I started my business. Uh, there's a lot of courage involved in that. Uh, what, there's definitely a lot yeah. of courage, no question of it. Yeah. Um, what well, did you see? A gap? Uh, uh, we, I did see a gap. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also had a passion for wanting to uh, run my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, I came from a family where my dad ran his own business, so okay. I kind of grew up in it. DNA. Not in the marketing business, um, but. Uh, I always had that passion and I saw an opportunity to do it. There's no question. I had two young kids at home. Oh boy. And, uh, you know, so started Popular on my decision. Own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, it's true. So I uh, started it out uh, and, and it went well right from day one. So, you know, uh, and that's when we were, you know, kind of doing that basketball uh, new, there were new franchises happening. So it looked really Was that kind of on the first up. like real meaty, uh, client project or what was do you remember what would have been your first MLSE was a client yeah. from day one yeah that's amazing yeah what a great one to start from no once kidding. you have that right you can leverage that well and, from that uh, did also did the feasibility study for TFC mm, in wow. terms of bringing that franchise to Canada yeah and so and plus many many other projects around MLSE but since then we've grown the business so uh, you know, we, we have two sides of it. One side is properties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, MLSE, NBA. And yeah, when uh, I was at CFL, you certainly did work with us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we work for, well, we have 40 clients on the mm-hmm. property side and about 43 on the corporate side. Yeah. So 83 overall. Yeah. And um, wow. so we see things from two points of view. Like we see it from the property side. We also see it from the sponsor side. So. Mm-hmm. I find that gives us a really good insight mm-hmm. into what works, what doesn't work. You know, you can tweak things different ways and so on. So, it, it but it's been a it, it's been a great run um, in terms of of the kind of work we've done. It's exciting today. Like, uh, like we're doing new work now in esports, which yeah, yeah. which with Overactive Media with yeah, Chris sure, Overholt, sure. who's uh, like a rock solid marketer, absolutely, and uh, that's it's exciting to see kind of a new generation's take on how the world's evolving. I agree. Yeah, you got to have open eyes and accept. I talk to a lot of people who, who whose natural inclination when they talk about esports is to a bit of an eye roll, and I say, hold on a second, you know, just because. 
they, there's a new group consuming uh, competition that's different, looks different, and they consume it in a different way doesn't mean it's any less legitimate. Uh, it's, it's here to stay. The, the insight that we have on eSports is that the parallel with traditional sports is extremely strong. Mm. And so a lot of the things are the same. So like, um, uh, you know, there's social aspect of it. There's, there's the passion for the sport that you play. And if you're playing a sport, you actually want to uh, follow it. Um, the whole idea of watching esports is to get better at it, mm. is to improve your yeah. personal performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're watching the pros do what they want to do. And so they're learning. A parallel, I think, of golf that way. I, I, that's always what I'm watching. I'm always pausing, rewinding just to see, and, and this is equal for the ladies and the men to watch their swings. Yeah. Uh, how they play certain shots, so exactly. why not, right? If you're a passionate gamer, why wouldn't you watch to it, see how they attack a scenario in Fortnite, right, or, or, or pre- Overwatch? Precisely right. And and back to the golf analogy, look at the marketing around golf. Like, a lot of the communication around golf events is from golf manufacturers. Yeah. It's the new club, it's yeah. the, the better club, yeah. it's the better putter, the better system, how to improve your game. Esports is all about that, yeah. and it's just it's another generation's a new generation's version. Yeah, it's of, exciting of that. stuff. Yeah, I'm doing some work with uh, one of the the esports franchises, so it's exciting for me to now at night. I've got the Raptors, or I did on on the big screen, and I had uh, Lazarus playing in Fortnite on my on Twitch on my computer. I was like, "What's happened to me here?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, but that's that's where we are. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, do you ever find you represent properties and clients? Um, do you see ever a conflict that way? How do you how do you manage that? Because you've got properties trying to sell to brands yeah. and maximize and renew, and then you've got the brands um, always testing: is it an effective mm-hmm. investment of my sponsorship dollars? And it might lead to them not renewing, right? Um, and in a perfect world, everybody sees the win, and 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 there's long-term partnerships. It's, how do you how do you kind of balance that? It's a great question, and uh, we we think about it a lot in the sense that um, we want to be credible, we want to be honest, straight shooters, and that's the way we've always played it. And I think that's that is it's our a, reputation and, and, and in the marketplace. I, I, I could certainly back that up. Yeah, you, you do. So. What we do is when we work with a property, we encourage them to take the approach of, okay, so we obviously want to put your best story forward, but let's find the data, let's create the story based on uh, fact-based information, Mm -hmm. and then build from that. And so what we have found, and we're doing lots of work these days with uh, properties where we're actually even part of the meeting where the client's there, the sales team is there. And so we present the story about what the consumer is thinking, mm-hmm. but then it's about how do you peel the onion to find deeper insight in terms of, well, what is the opportunity for a particular brand mm. or a particular angle? Um, like we were talking earlier about the basketball and tangerine. Um, like the, the idea around tangerine is, okay, so tangerine is a smaller brand. They're they're official bank of the Raptors, so yeah. they're punching above their weight, yeah. not expected to be there. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, oh, it should be RBC or Scotia yeah. or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, they have a very multicultural uh, 
uh, customer base, mm-hmm. and they have a young customer base. Mm-hmm. It fits the profile oh, of the Raptors. And so the approach they've taken is, well, let's think like a fan. Let's try to be like a fan and how the perspective of a fan in terms of our connection with the Raptors to show consumers that they're in tune with consumers. So it's that kind of thing of we're always looking for the angle of what can help a brand market itself. So that's, that's what I wanted to bring it back to is uh, so the role that you, Charlton Research, and, and you, Gordon, your, your team plays in that is is um, is helping to find a narrative, um, is an insight. An insight. An insight that they could then uh, take and, and weave into their communications or mm-hmm. weave into how they uh, sell their property, right? Correct. It's, it's one of the things we do, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, so yes, that's in helping uh, a corporate partner, either from a property point of view, yeah. like the one they're trying to sell them, yeah. on some, why should you be a partner? Well. What can we do with the property? Yeah, here's how What's what in it for our us. fans think of our property. Here's how our fans consume our property, right? Exactly. Yeah. What we also do is, let's say we do a segmentation study, let's say. Yeah. Um, and, and you ask, well, why do you do that? Like, what's the point? Well, let's take Olympics as an example. So in the Olympics, there are three really big segments that are opportunities in the Olympics. The first one are the torchbearers. So they have a personal connection to athletes. So that helped the Canadian Olympic team signed BMW mm. as a partner. Why? Because it's about performance. It's about excellence. It's about connecting that way. Second category, which is intuitively you would think it's the first, but it's the second, is red and white. It's all about Canada, emotional connection that way. And the third one is all about values. So in other words, it, was, it skews more female. Mm. They watch less, but they're more committed to the values. So that's what mm. P&G leveraged oh, with the official, you, uh, official sponsors of Moms. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. It, it is brilliant that campaign, and that that started. Uh, they started that uh, uh, serendipitous for me when I was part of the 2010 Olympics, uh, yep. and uh, you know to see that campaign and help bring it to life through our media coverage was uh, was brilliant. Was just special, and it was a brilliant campaign. Still has legs. So, as I was saying, the the thing that we try to do with properties is to do analytics and peel the onion different ways as we call it to try to find the insights yeah and segmentation is one of the ways that you can look for homogeneous groups of people who think the same yeah but have diff- the same characteristics yeah. that you could market to that might appeal to so for red and white that appeals to uh the molson canadian brand of course uh yeah. you know and so there's different yeah. angles uh for properties to sell on and it also helps to deal with clutter. And then, you know, I was saying this at a meeting I was at earlier today that uh, it's not about the name of the property as much as it is about for a brand, for a sponsor, prospective sponsor. It's less about the name of the property and the, the actual sport or, in, or entertainment that they put out. It's about the audience that they attract and, and so that segmentation study is vital because you're, as you say, you're creating, you're, you're identifying these clusters of group of people with shared passions and, mm-hmm. and habits and interests. And that's what the brand ultimately wants to attract and have, you know, come their way for business. Absolutely correct. And if you, if you then turn it from to the other side of the table to, well, what's the brand thinking 
Well, uh, depending on their scope and scale, most sophisticated companies today would have a segmentation study that they would use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would be thinking about those segments and they would be asking, well, how does it line up with our customer audience? Mm. And they might have a primary, a secondary, tertiary, what have you. And sponsorship might not fit every one of them, but it might fit key ones. And they may want to be pushing a certain aspect of their brand Mm -hmm. to try to improve a certain attribute. So connecting with whether it's a nationalistic property or in the case I was suggesting with, um, with Tangerine, uh, you know, they're looking to make a connection with young, uh, uh, let's say young Canadians who are multicultural, multi-ethnic, which is really, mm-hmm. when you look at hockey versus basketball, basketball is much more multicultural than hockey is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, it, it, that's no surprise. Um, when you were kind of coming through the ranks, uh, did you have any mentors that kind of helped inspire you? Do you still... Do you, do you have people turn to you? Like, uh, talk about a little bit about mentorship and kind of some of the people who helped inspire you and help you grow. Sure. Well, you know, going back in the day, uh, like Chris Lang obviously was uh, a key guy that he, he gave me my first job in the business. So I'm yeah. always grateful to him for that. Yeah. And worked with him Special and learned guy. a lot. Learned a lot from Chris. Just inducted into the sponsorship marketing Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% well right. And well-deserved. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Alan Gregg, who is... You know, not in the public eye these days, yeah. but he was a very smart uh, uh, guy in terms of the research business and really helped me a lot to understand how to approach it. Um, and then over time, I mean, I've had the good fortune of working with a lot of great clients. Yeah. And you take something from that, right? You, you take something from every yeah. one of them. And there are ones that stand above the crowd mm. and who you really say, man, these people are awesome. Mm. Like a Michael Downey at mm, uh, Tennis Canada. Yeah, formerly a Molson, now Tennis Canada. Yeah, like the experiences that yeah, he's had yeah. and, you know, the conversation you have with him, you just kind of walk away going, wow, now I, I, I remember why I work in this business. Yeah, that's well said. And, I mean, if I, if I had to go right back, it would be to my dad who ran his own business yeah, and taught me that. the value of, of hard work and you have to show up every day and you yeah. take nothing for granted. Yeah. Um, you always over-deliver and make sure that your clients are happy. Fundamentals, um, right? It is fundamentals. That, that you, you, but, but uh, you know, it's, they're, they're, it's so often lacking. And uh, so, you know, it's nothing we should take for granted. Um, but I love that idea of, of uh, a parent, right, uh, as a mentor. For uh, sure. They're, they're, well, I mean, he's passed away now. Yes. But, but I, he, he, he I, away, I yeah. often remember, my, to, to put it in a personal note, my dad um, got polio when he was 25. Wow. He wow. was an excellent football player, wow. was playing. I mean, I grew up in Lakefield, uh, you know, near Peterborough. Yeah. And he got polio, which at that time there was no cure for. Right. So it was, you know, an epidemic that was scary. Mm. Anyway, so of, on his football team, three of them got polio. One died. One was crippled to an iron lung. Mm. And he was the lucky one of the three. And he had his leg uh, affected. So in other words, it affects your motor nervous system. Yeah. So he had to wear a brace his entire life. Wow. So <clears throat> he would walk with a cane yeah. and wore this metal brace, which one day we, you know, we, we picked it and went, oh my gosh, like it, it's not titanium. It's it was heavy, steel. Heavy, as, heavy, wow. heavy, heavy. So um, 
the thing that we, I, I guess the, the point I'm, I'm guess I'm trying to make here mm. is that we never thought about him as handicapped. Mm. Like in today's world, he would be immediately handicapped, have a handicapped parking yeah. uh, banner and all that kind of yeah. thing. But in his day, he would always rise above it, never give it a thought. You know, I, he walked with a cane, but it was never... Um, it wasn't uh, it was, a crutch. It was not yeah. a crutch, I yeah. guess is a yeah. good, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So I've always taken that. I'd always admired him for, you know, that amount of fortitude. I said, like, yeah, he can do that. that, I can do it. There you go. Best example. Love that. That's a wonderful story. Um, let's um, pivot to uh, sponsorship marketing programs. Again, you, you've touched, seen so, so much. Um, what... Uh, what's caught your eye out there? Some of the things and, and a little bit of why, maybe. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, there's the sports industry continues to grow, and um, it 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 really is interesting to see how it takes on different uh, moments. And mm. you know, this whole thing with the Raptors lately is is given us an indication of just how exciting. It can be. Yeah. Galvanizing, um, yeah. yeah. For a community, for a country, right? For yeah. sure. So so some of the things that I've seen lately, um, so, uh, you know, I'll talk about a few of our clients. Yeah. Some of the things they're doing and then some that are not. Okay. Um, so Scotiabank, we were very involved with uh, their uh, taking on the, um, the Scotiabank arena. Uh, didn't and, hear about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and you know, at a time where there was there was a lot of discussion about how much they paid. Yeah. Now we all know that that got into a bidding war with Royal Bank. Yeah. And so it pushed it up another ten million a year. Yeah. Um, so you know, let's dial it back a little bit. But they got team rights. They got uh, the Leafs, the Raptors. Uh, didn't get TFC, but I guess in a world where communication is actually moving towards trying to find a different way of communicating like other than advertising. Mm. This was a moment where um, a lot of research we'd done suggested that naming buildings works. Mm. So their hockey program was at a level, they sort of plateaued. They wanted this to kind of escalate it, elevate it to another level, yeah. which I think basketball's actually been the, 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 the conduit to do it, but I think yeah. it's gonna help them. And then secondly though, it's, it's about experiences. In that Gen Z, and millennials are more interested in experiences yeah. than things. And so that's what this whole Jurassic Park yeah. concept has been all about. So that's one that I think has really stood out as, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily intuitively the first thing you might have thought of them doing mm -hmm. because they're already doing so many other things, like they sponsor 8,000 kids' hockey teams. Yeah. This is the cherry on the top. It kind of takes it to another level. So that's... Yeah. that's and and in that one, I can't help but think, you know, you got to catch some breaks. Um, and in their first year, full year of, of sponsoring <laughs> that building to have the Raptors win the title, uh, it's drawn the, the world's attention. And they are a global bank. Yeah. Um, and so it's... What a, what a win, right? I, I mean, I can't even imagine the number of media impressions that they have the been charts. generated. Yeah. Uh, for them. You know, it's yeah. from Scotiabank Arena, so it has yeah. to be reported. Yeah. Um, and if I'm them, and, you know, I'm, I'm and I, there's a lot of smart uh, executives there and friends of ours in the industry there, it's it's got to be, okay, how do we take this incredible opportunity and use it as a platform now mm -hmm. just to, to springboard off? Because, 
they've they've just caught lightning in a bottle. Well, what what is interesting about Scotia is that they have the scene program. Yeah, I'm which, a big big fan of that program. The user of it. Yes, so it helps to monetize. Yeah. Uh, that relationship, and that's one thing they're going to build over over time. Yeah, so good. So, so that's, that's one. one. Um, another one I still think is best in class is uh, Canadian Tire Jumpstart. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm jumping right to a um, community-based, philanthropic, give-back concept. But what is brilliant about that is, first of all, it aligns with Canadian Tire's business of, mm-hmm. of they sell sporting equipment. Mm-hmm. But and, and we did some studies around that topic, uh, and it just is, uh, if you can do something that has universal appeal, that is giving back, yeah. so it's that sort of causal side of the equation, mm-hmm. um, it's a huge winner. And, and I know that Canadian Tire is doing a great job of funneling money into it. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is that instead of them pitching you, they're pitching you to call them to ask for money. <laughs> like, it's brilliant. It's Call us and we'll see if we, you know, we want to help you mm. and, and we want you to participate in sport. So that's the second one that I think is, um, you know, really, really uh, I always tell excellent. properties uh, that I work with, if you, uh, or sorry, um, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, properties I work with, everybody's calling on Canadian Tire. And um, I said, if you don't have a jumpstart story uh, woven into your approach, uh, you you might you're wasting your time because if you can give them an opportunity to leverage that, um, they'll listen. Chances are because that's such an important platform for them, and it, all, it also ties into this uh, growing trend of of three way partnerships. Uh, you know, property, brand, and cause, mm-hmm. right? And 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 using doing getting together to do good mm-hmm. right because doing good is good for business right it is and that's a, you must a, see that in your tracking well we we see it in our tracking and in fact we actually we we do a study um for companies for brands we call it portfolio optimization mm. and so what we do is we we ask about all the different opportunities that they could sponsor everything from uh you know heart and stroke and cancer research contributions to professional sports, kids sports, community festivals, you name it. So everything is on the list Mm. because they want to know the full picture. So we do that. We ask about consumer relevance and importance. And through some good statistical um, techniques, we narrow it down. We we force the consumer to make a choice among five options and then rotate that through. So in other words, you have to pick the thing you want the most Mm. and the thing you want the least. So through that that type of research, what we find is that causes and messages like anti-bullying mm. and you know um, things like that, uh, and and it would be uh, jumpstart like you know helping the community come up first. Mm. That's the thing that gets the no most surprise. resonance, yeah, the most emotional reaction from consumers. On the other hand, sports gives you the most delivery. It gives you the most engagement. Sure. So the real success I can see today is overlaying a cause message Correct. over top of a sports program. Good, good. So that you're delivering that emotional message, uh, a, a resonant message. It's like what Sun Life is doing yeah. with Diabetes, so they've got wellness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So when they originally thought about that program, you know, we talked to them a lot about it because we'd done that kind of study for them, mm. and it it identified diabetes as being the emotional connection 
and Raptors would be an excellent way to deliver. give a platform to deliver it. Yeah, well said. Okay, you were, uh, carry on. You have some other examples that you're. <sighs> well, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Tim Hortons because I find that, you know, they continually come up in the top echelon sure. of brands that we see mentioned mm. um, in terms of sponsorship. As I say, I, I you know, I, I think they have like they've been taken over by a venture capital sure. company. So obviously they're uh, leveraging the brand, not investing as much in the brand lately. Mm-hmm. But the ad that they've done lately with Nov, uh, the super yeah, fan, yeah. in my opinion, hits it out of the park. Mm. Um, it's consistent with the others that I've seen over time of Tim Hortons do, which is all about Canadiana, where you have, uh, if you can go back to the Olympic um, in, I don't know, if it, I think it was 2010, where there was, you know, a father and a grandfather, they're at the grandson's hockey game, yeah, that and one, he sure. brings two Tim Hortons coffees, and yes. he said, do you remember, you know, the, yeah. the father's talking to the to the grandfather, he said, well, you don't remember my games, and he pulls yeah. out a picture out of his yeah. wallet, and yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's one of those kind of moments. Well, the one 2010, and I love telling this uh, story, obviously McDonald's was the uh, global top uh, IOC mm-hmm. rings rights holder mm-hmm. um, and they did a, a big integration with us for the 2010 Olympic coverage but uh, they left room for Tim's to play and we ended right. up uh, putting together a very robust uh, media uh, plan for, for Tim Hortons as well and the ad that mm-hmm. they did for the 2010 Olympics that I'll never forget was uh, 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 showed a father shopping um, for uh, winter, uh, uh, you know, winter right. wear, right? Toques and gloves and, and jackets. And then he goes to the airport and greets his, his wife and kids who have just come over from what exactly. looked like Africa. And and he meets them at the arrivals hall and, uh, and uh, gives them their coats and toques and then hands a cup of coffee to her and says, welcome exactly. to Canada. And it, it still gives me uh, shivers uh, talking about it. It's just beautiful what they were able to do. So it leverages Canadian values. Yeah. It leverages our multicultural heritage. Yeah. And, and it really defines the new way of Canada. And yeah. what's really interesting, the thing that I find fascinating is on Olympics and things like Raptors, new Canadians are more passionate than born Canadians mm. for these things. Mm. Why? Because they've embraced our country. It's their choice. Mm. And uh, so they score higher on those kind that of things. That makes sense. Good. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, great examples. Anything else uh, before we move uh, forward? Well, there's so many good ones. It's hard yeah. to pick them. You know, if any, any like smaller brand ones? I recently saw, I was part of the judging for the sponsorship marketing awards. And yes. there was a great one with Hellman's and MLSC where they, um, and I don't have all the details top mm-hmm. of mind, but it was... A brand that's not, you know, a bank or, you know, a beer company, but Mm -hmm. it was around uh, food wastage in the sweets, right? Right. And uh, making sure that food got to people in need through Second Harvest. Yes. So brand Hellman's property, MLSE. Uh, uh, and the leaves, and then uh, cause was uh, was was hunger and second harvest. I thought it was brilliant. That is brilliant. I mean, you know, companies have to look for ways to get their message across. Mm-hmm. And if you said Hellman's is going to put its brand up, I mean, there's a lot of companies who are sponsoring the leaves yeah. within the MLSC world. Yeah, a lot. So you have to have a unique message in order to be able to break through. That's it. So, so that's a good one. Um, another good one for a small brand is. Um, 
It's called Giuseppe's Pizza. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, and Dr. What they, Oaker, wasn't Do, it? Dr. Yeah. Oaker, exactly. So what they've done is uh, they uh, partnered with Hometown Hockey. Mm. So what they wanted to do was to have a, a like a regional sampling, a local sampling and marketing program. Mm. So they tied in with that, and actually it's been really, really good, good for them. Good. Um, what I can't help but think, and you'd be a great guy to ask this to, is... So you've got a brand like Tangerine or a brand like Dr. Oker and Giuseppe Pizza, and they latch themselves onto a property, and uh, the property has success. Um, how does that translate into, how do you see, are you able to track how that translates mm-hmm. into business, right? Sure. Um, versus just people notice the partnership and, and associate them with the property. What about that next level, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, the holy grail, the ROI, the ultimate ROI. Sure. Well, um, what, what we start with is to be able to monitor just how it's resonating. Mm. Um, so, you know, obviously measuring how many people are aware of it, it sounds very simple, but that's a first step. Yeah. Like, it, it's an important step because if people aren't aware of it, then you're not yeah. getting any delivery. Sure. So, so that's thought one. Number two is you look for uh, what we call brand lift. Mm. So you have to identify if there is brand lift. And so the way we do that is we ask uh, a number of questions about the brand that is actually not really connected at all to the sponsorship. So it's right. asked separately. And then we conduct some analytics to look at it among the people who are aware of it versus not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we can calculate the brand lift. So that's the second thought. The third thought is that then you want to track that over time mm-hmm. to see, are things improving? And what we do in that case is often look at specific brand attributes. So in other words, um, you know, are they, do they care about the, the community? Are they in tune with fans? Are they in tune with customers? Uh, are they relevant to you? You know, things that are important to a brand, so you have to identify, are you changing attitudes? Mm. And attitudes precede behavior. So in the case of, so in the case of, let's say, let's talk about a couple of different scenarios. So in the case of a bank, so Scotia Bank, mm-hmm. if you can change people's attitudes towards the bank, that they're more human, they're more interactive, they're more in tune with mm. you, right, then well you'll set. consider them. And they have a whole bunch of products to offer you. They could sell you a mortgage. They could sell you a bank account. They could sell you a credit card. They can do all kinds right, of things. It starts with changing their attitude. You want to change their the attitude. So that might have a long runway of sure. time, yeah. like years, to be able to kind of come to fruition. Yeah. So that's one thing. But what Scotia has always done very well is that they have the scene program, mm-hmm. which actually creates a, a tool where you can interact with it. Yeah. So in other words, it's a credit card, a debit card, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's that's one example. Next example would be, let's say, automotive. Mm-hmm. Okay, a long purchase cycle. You know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years. So a long time in between purchases. Mm-hmm. So how does that work out? Well, we've done a lot of work with, you know, different automotive brands. A, a, good, a good example, let's say Ford at um, the Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. So they had um, displays of Ford vehicles in the building. People would be walking by, and we would intercept them afterwards and ask them, like, whose, auto, whose car was that? Mm. Who, whose vehicle? They would name three, mm. and it, it, it wouldn't be more or less than Ford. It could be, yeah. you know, whatever. It could yeah. be Audi, could be BMW, could be so these whatever. So benign displays they didn't know. were not exactly. being effective. So what 
we talked with Ford about doing was, look, you've got to bring it to life. You've yeah. got to make it more interactive yeah. so that people have a connection yeah. to you being there. So just walking by is not good enough. No. So by what they've done is they've made it much more interactive. They, let's say, take your picture and, and half your face will be, you know, colored, let's say blue or white for the lease mm-hmm. or for the Raptors. You could be, you know, face painted, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have to give them your your email yeah, yeah, to send it. Yeah. So you're now a potential yeah. Um, candidate. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And, and what we found was their likelihood of considering Ford was, let's say, two to three times higher than we would generally intercept a regular sponsorship. Yeah, that's a great tangible example of uh, uh, how you help brands and properties maximize their association. Exactly. So you have to look for you know, opportunities of how do you get the consumer to connect? Yeah. And how do you, I mean, how do you get to that ultimate um, uh, point of understanding, well, what does the sponsor need Mm. out of the equation? Um, And what's their product? I mean, in the case of Tim Hortons, they have a product that people use every day. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're reinforcing brand perception. It's pack of donuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, not me personally. Okay, yes, yes, you're talking about the general public. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so it depends on the client. So some clients are looking for brand impression yeah. and, and potential consideration. Others are looking for direct transaction. Yeah. Um, so let's say you, you take it to the Toronto Marathon, yeah. you know, where, uh, you know, uh, let's say Lululemon is a sponsor of it where they can coordinate so that you have to go to the Lululemon store to sign up to be in the marathon. That, I know that that generated more traffic than any Lululemon Love that. activation in the world. Wow. And that was the Toronto Marathon. Wow, wow, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, do you, last question on that. So the Jays, uh, everybody knows it's a lean period now on the field performance. Mm-hmm. Raptors, obviously, the other end of the spectrum, just yes. wild success. Do you notice that when a brand or a sport property uh, performance is down, um, that it affects uh, attitudes towards uh, brands that sponsor them versus uh, uh, the other end of the spectrum positively? That's a great question because I get asked that question a lot okay. by sponsors okay. who who are, let's say, involved in a property to exactly your case, yeah. and, and Blue Jays will be on that radar. Yeah. Um, so here's the case on the Blue Jays. Given their um, history from the 90s in winning World Series, then their run in 2015 where they reattracted yeah. a younger fan base, yeah. they're tracking in the top two to three teams in the country. Mm. Any so sport. In any sport. In right. all, sports, all sports. Including the Leafs and the and the yeah. Canadians. So yeah. they would be yeah. top top three. So we'll... Will people still be fans of the Blue Jays in a down time? Yes, they are. They're just less engaged. Right. So, if so the, that to me would have to have an impact on the brands that sponsor them. It, it doesn't reduce the connection, but it reduces the scope of the connection. Right. That's it. That's it. So it's just it's more of a reach story than, than an engagement story. Right? Correct. It's a level of it. Now, the one other dimension, and, and it was Richard Petty who always used to use this, um, this line, you know, winning is the engine of success. Yeah. So if the team is winning like the Raptors are right now, yeah. it m- multiplies the audience, yeah. takes it to a much, much greater level. Yeah. It increases the passion. So you can have a stronger connection in terms of passion points. 
Uh, so it just takes it to another level. And, and I'm sure, and I know these conversations happened at the COC offices, even coming out of Turin in 2006, ahead of 2010, these conversations happened with the Jays in 2015, their executives, mm-hmm. the MLSE folks now with the run they're on is those sales teams are going to be put under a lot of pressure <laughs> to maximize these results and say, hey, we've got a moment here in time. Right we've got to really hit it out of the park with par- prospective partners and sponsors. And uh, mm-hmm. that's always an interesting dynamic because it's not like all of a sudden the economy grew yep. and brands are, are their budgets just expanded, right? right? So there's a lot of those interesting conversations about to ensue. Yeah. Um, love to just couple things to wrap on is mm-hmm. trends uh, that you're noticing um, in, in, in the sponsorship marketing space. Uh, well, a couple big, things. Big, big, broad. Yeah, term. big ones yeah. for sure. Um, well, without question, naming buildings. Yeah, it's it's a trend, and I see more of it coming. Yeah, um, because it does work. Based on all of our knowledge and all of our tracking, uh, it gets high recognition, builds high visibility uh, for brands connected with it, and it does create positive experiences. So, so that's good. Yeah. Um, there's no question. I mean, I, I just saw the most recent um, sponsorship uh, landscape, landscape study, study yeah. and you know, uh, sports was up. Yeah. Um, and I and I can see it just because there's continues to be a lot of spending there. Oh, yeah. However, it's definitely cluttered. Uh, so another trend I do see continuing is just the whole purpose marketing. You know, overlaying causes, connecting yes. causes, uh, because it's. It's happening, and it's 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 what you need to do to get the incremental boost. Mm. Not only is it good, I, I think that it inspires your workforce. I think yeah. it ties people in in a positive way. Absolutely, you know. So those kind of thoughtful uh, programs, I think, are, are are clearly here to stay mm-hmm. and and moving forward. Um, and you know, as a, in a in a world where it's becoming more global. Uh, we are seeing, you know, new things emerge. Like the esports is, is in my opinion, it is a uh, a sport that's here to stay. Yeah. I think it's 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 growing, um, and you know, I think that in terms of a general trend, is is the sports business in good shape. I worry about the kind of escalation of costs. Yeah, because it it gets crazy, and uh, you know, we I don't think we've hit peak. Are you talking about to cost to consumers or cost to brands? Cost to brands. Yeah, yeah. Rights, which fees which and, kind of filters yeah, down to, to that point everybody broadcast. Yeah. I mean, the other trend that's happening is uh, is fragmentation of media. Yeah. And and disruption of media. Absolutely. Now you can watch stream things on Facebook and Twitter. It's no longer just the traditional which platforms. In my opinion, for the consumer is fantastic. Absolutely. It's, Choice it's, is always good. It's not. It's it's causing the you know the the executives yes. of the Rogers and the yes, Bells of yes, the world yes. to pull their hair out and you know be worried about where the next uh, kind of turn is going to come. But hey, if the zone comes into the market and is offering more content, I'd say that's great. Bring yeah. it on. Yeah. But there is some there are some issues in terms of how those things are getting stacked. Yeah. So if you subscribe to Netflix and then you have Crave and then you have zone and then you have something else. I mean, it's starting to add up yet again. Yeah. So there's all these things that are happening. I mean, I still think from a consumer point of view, it's fantastic. Absolutely. 
Um, let's wrap with, um, I love to just understand with people, entrepreneurs, you've been running your own business for a while. You, you've got, looking at all these amazing brands and properties you work with, agencies you deal with. Um, what, what helps Gord Henron be the best version of himself? Like what, what do you, what do you lean on to be productive and, and successful? Uh, great question. Um, well, I guess I go back to my, my father's roots, which was, you know, you got to get up every day and, and really be committed to trying to do your best mm. and, and do your best work all the time. Um, I'm a real fitness buff. I, I work out every day. Good for you. Um, maybe not this morning with the Raptors being, you know, <laughs> happening so late last night. Excuse I missed it today. scored. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but, but typically it's every day. And yeah. I find that that's a real recipe for success for I me. I agree. Healthy body, healthy mind. Yeah. yeah. Like it, you're, it, it makes you feel better. Uh, you have a better attitude. A release. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's great that way. Um, and you, you, you have to look like in our business, we have a lot of clients and, and you really look for the ones that really inspire you, mm. that, that you can see are doing really cool things. And that really gives you the psychic payback. Yeah, that's a great term. Why you're in the business in the first place. Mm. And I guess the last thing is, is people like I really try to go to my way to network all the time. Yeah, always talking important. with people, make it personal. Uh, have personal relationships in the industry. Um, why? Because I mean, this is what we do, yeah. and it you know consumes majority of the time we spend. So why not enjoy it? Why not have fun and and have people that you like to work with and want to work with and enjoy working with? Absolutely. So that's what kind of gets me up and going is is knowing the people that I'm dealing with, and in mm-hmm. some cases the. The programs are inspirational, but it's mostly the people. Absolutely. I was going to ask you about professional development, but I think that really hits it at that networking and that, that uh, the, the human side of it, the relationships, right? Uh, is such an important... For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I, now that we're talking, I, for, I forgot one, which is yeah. pretty fundamental. In my business, curiosity is what drives uh, our business. My favorite words, yeah. Yeah, like in terms of being in the research and insights business, you have to be curious. Yeah. Like it's just fundamental. Yeah. And if you're not, then you're probably not in the right business. Yeah. So, so that curiosity is what really sort of drives us to be looking for unique, interesting insights. Mm. So, I mean, Love I'm it. always on top of that or trying to be. This was great. Thanks so much for taking the time. Hey, it's my pleasure. All Thank right. you.